welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie, good to be with you. We got a lot of the agenda today, break it down. News of the day, none other than attorney at law, Adrian Lawrence, author, TYT contributor, should be a great breakdown. Top story of the day, Lindsey Graham must testify under oath and Donald Trump must now testify under oath, but we'll see. Lindsey Graham was issued a subpoena last week from the Fulton County Grand Jury. This is in the state of Georgia. This is because of issues related to electioneering or trying to manipulate the outcome of a Georgia election. Let's put up the picture of the district attorney who issued the subpoena. It is her office, it is her office who was in charge of this investigation. The investigation centers around Donald Trump attempting to persuade the chief elections officer in Georgia to change the outcome of the election. That was a recorded conversation. I said from day one, if you investigate Donald Trump, you have to investigate Lindsey Graham. Because Senator Graham did the exact same thing in a conversation with Raffensperger. So a judge has now ordered US Senator Lindsey Graham to testify in front of a special grand jury in Georgia investigating former President Trump's alleged attempts to overturn the results of the 2020 election. Let's put up a picture of the judge here. I like this guy more and more by the day. His name is Judge Robert McBurney. Now here's the reason why it's important that he actually doubled down on this. Number one, in order to mandate the presence, which a subpoena is, to mandate the presence of an individual outside of the state of Georgia, you must have the signature of a superior court judge. While the grand jury has subpoena power, their powers are limited to the jurisdiction of residents of the state. These are old time 1800 laws that still apply. So McBurney has doubled down and said, no, he is in fact a material witness. That's important because once the judge declares this is a necessary and material witness to the investigation, that means if Lindsey Graham does not show up, he will be held in contempt of court. An arrest warrant will be issued for Senator Lindsey Graham. The judge has made a clear indication to the legal team of Lindsey Graham. If you do not produce the senator, the senator will be a fugitive out of this state based on the warrant I will sign. All right, the Fulton County Superior Court Judge Robert McBurney ordered that Graham will be required to testify August 2nd. The judge's certification filed on Monday described Graham as a necessary and material witness to the grand jury probe, the development was reported earlier by WSB TV. Graham's office, they didn't do what they did the first time. The first time they said, no, we're not gonna do it. We're not gonna uh, adhere to the subpoena. This time they did not say so. Graham's office did not immediately respond to a request for comment. The senator's attorney said last week, he would not comply with the subpoena issued by the grand jury. The grand jury also subpoenaed members of Trump's former legal team, including personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani. So here's the other. Kicker, uh, former President Donald Trump and two of his adult children are tentatively scheduled to begin testifying as part of a civil investigation of the Trump family business by the New York Attorney General on July 15th, according to court filings. The agreement to testify by Trump and Donald Trump Jr. and Ivanka Trump is conditional. The testimony would not start on that date if a New York State Appeals Court issues a stay. We shall see what happens. Technically, they are beyond the point of that, but these guys have a lot of wiggle room. Uh, James is investigating the Trump Organization 
for possibly illegal manipulation of the stated valuations of various real estate assets owned by that company. The attorney general specifically is looking into whether the company gave different valuations for an asset to obtain more favorable conditions on loans and insurance, as well as other tax benefits. Now, while this is a civil investigation, it could turn criminal if he lies on the oath in particular or information is uncovered. All right, good thing we have an attorney at law. Attorney, dissect some of this for us. Lindsey Graham, will he come, will he not come? And Donald Trump, could this end up being a criminal investigation rather than civil in the New York AG's office? No, I think Lindsey Graham will end up coming unless he can find a federal court judge or a higher Georgia court judge who is willing to bend and manipulate and bastardize the law in his favor. Because what we know is that Lindsey Graham is arguing that he does not have to comply with the subpoena because his actions, his words, what he did in calling Raffensperger, that they're protected by legislative privilege because he's a member of legislature. The thing is that legislative privilege doesn't extend to conversations between legislators and private citizens, which is exactly what happened here. And so he cannot claim protection under that. And interestingly enough, this past Wednesday, Superior Court Judge Robert McBurney, who is overseeing the special grand jury, well, he signed off on the subpoenas and he also already rejected the same legislative privilege theory that was put forward by some of the other Trump and co friends. And so it seems that Graham is really reaching for all the things he can possibly do not to be held accountable. The man has been practicing law since 1981, he knows better. But I wouldn't be surprised if he goes out trying to find a sympathetic federal judge or a judge that's on a Georgia state higher court who's going to make up some law in his favor. There you go, all right, we're gonna continue to follow this. We're looking at August 2nd as the potential date of that testimony. All right. A teenager dies, gets set on fire by the police, was not the target of anything. Let's put up the picture for a mask. 15 year old Brett Rosano, Brett's father, was also killed by police back in 2006 when Brett's mother was still pregnant with him. I'm taking you to Albuquerque, New Mexico. This teenager was barricaded in a house with a murder suspect reportedly died of smoke inhalation. When the home caught fire after police fired munitions into the building during an hour long standoff. So what led to this? The Albuquerque Police Department, according to them, they said they were pursuing a 27 year old Quant Kelly of an armed carjacking, vehicle theft and probation violation. Kelly barricaded himself in the house and police said they opted to use powder and smoke irritants when all of other tactics failed. A fire then erupted, which they know is a potential by the way. Kelly fled the home. But young Brett was discovered inside dead. Let me show you an image of the fire, okay? All right, it's not a small thing. That's what the police did, the cops did that, okay? Albuquerque Police Chief Harold Medina has acknowledged the devices used to introduce irritants into the home may have caused the fire. Let's put up a picture of the chief here. We have not identified the officers who are involved. We are looking for that information as we speak. So let's talk about the department's history of excessive force. The Albuquerque Police Department is currently under a federal monitor as part of an agreement 
with the Department of Justice after a history of excessive force against its citizen. Brett's death is being investigated by a multi-agency task force, the cop said. They promised to release body cam, drone and robot camera footage from the incident. The family is currently crowdfunding to pay for funeral expenses and we're gonna help them. Let's put up the information for the crowdfunding. You have go, uh, uh, go getfunding.com and you can type in the name of Brett Rosenau. So sad, I have so many questions. My first question is why would they introduce these devices not being sure of the occupants inside of the building? That is common protocol. We've heard this routinely from analysts connected to policing. You do not engage in that manner when you are unaware of what's inside. You wait it out. So Adrian, I got a question about protocol here. Uh, there's a child inside who is now dead. The police department, had, they have acknowledged that the devices used likely is what led to the death. Why would the police do such a thing not knowing what's inside of the building? I think it's just sheer negligence. The fact is that they have no accountability, so why should they care? I think we're seeing this time and time again with police departments across the nation. By virtue of having all of these legal shields available to them, it showed you that there is truly a lack of accountability. And thus, why should they look to necessarily protect the human life of those who they did sign on to protect and to serve? It just becomes more and more of a reality of the fact that police are seeming to cause more damage and more injury than they are preventing it. And it just really does make you wonder what is going on and why are we investing so many of our resources into this type of department and agency when they're not even maybe even considering whether we will be harmed by their actions. Yeah, and once again, they're playing hot the pickle. We do not know the identity of the officers involved. We have not heard an outcry from members of law enforcement, leaders of law enforcement about this teenager who is now dead, was not target of any investigation, but once again, uh, we're having to hold them accountable by exposing it. All right. A pregnant woman gets a ticket for driving in the HOV lane and says, no, I can legally do this because I'm pregnant. You see, the fetus is my second passenger, according to this woman. Let's put her picture up full mass, courtesy of 18 Live News. Pregnant woman in Texas plans to fight a ticket she received for driving in the high occupancy vehicle lane by herself. Saying the overturn of Roe v. Wade means that her unborn child counts as a passenger. Let me first stop on this point and say, even though this is ridiculous, this is insane. It is actually not more insane than the ruling to overturn Roe v. Wade. Actually, if they wanna have linear logic here and have actual linear integrity, but let's go ahead and go all the way. That's right, the fetus must be another person. Child support has to begin at conception. Insurance companies must be mandated to insure fetuses. And undocumented women who are in this country and pregnant cannot be deported because they are carrying a human being, a person, an American citizen. Let's go all the way, there's more. The Dallas Morning News. First reported the incident involving Brandy Baton, who got a $215 ticket after being pulled over on US Highway 75 South on June 29th. An officer peeked in and asked, 
is there anybody else in the car? She replied, she told the outlet, I pointed to my stomach and said, my baby girl is right here. She is a person, okay. An officer from the Dallas County Sheriff Department told Plano, Texas resident, the law states HOV lane users must have at least one passenger in the vehicle and those passengers must be outside of the body. Now, I'm about to take you down an interesting rabbit hole here because it is clear to me that some conservatives actually can't apply common sense. So the officer in Texas says, ma'am, actually this, this doesn't really count. Ding, common sense. They found common sense. So more common sense happened. And then I said, well, I'm not trying to throw a political mix here. But with everything going on with Roe v. Wade, this counts as a baby, she said. This has my blood boiling. How could this be fair according to the new law? This is a life. Now, here's another interesting note, okay? HOV lanes are restricted to vehicles carrying two or more people. That's according to the Texas Department of Transportation. Now, I'm gonna warn you, there's some more common sense from a conservative group coming. So the woman plans to fight the ticket and has a court date on July 20th. We're gonna follow this court date. Amy O'Donnell, the spokesperson for the anti-abortion group. Anti-abortion group, they are a right-leaning organization. Texas Alliance for Life said that while the Texas penal code does recognize an unborn child as a person, the Texas transportation code does not. See, and that makes sense to them. So once again, you have a conservative organization who says, you know, it, it makes total sense that the unborn fetus is a whole human being based on what the Supreme Court said. And it also makes sense that the traffic law does not recognize it as a life. All right, we're good with that. Do you see the hypocrisy? Do you see if they actually had linear integrity about what they believed it would go all the way through? But it doesn't, you know why? Because Roe v. Wade was never about life. If Roe v. Wade was about life or an unborn child, do you not think the natural permeation of rights beyond that Supreme Court ruling would start to become an advocacy dynamic within the conservative movement? But it has not, they stopped it right there because that's all they wanted to do was to take away a woman's right to choose things. You now have state legislatures who are passing laws to make it illegal for a pregnant woman to leave the state to go to a state where it's legal to exercise her choice. They're passing laws saying if you do that and come back to this state, you will be charged with murder. That is presented legislation right now. It violates the Constitution. The Constitution says you have the right to interstate travel under the Commerce Clause of the Constitution. Once again, if that law is passed, another right that can only be taken away from women. Ms. Reed, thoughts on this? I love it. Okay, and I can't think of a better spokesperson, poster child than Brandy, he said her name is. Um, she is the epitome of a soccer mom, probably wearing cowboy boots because it is Texas after all. And I gotta tell you something, the fact that she wasn't tased or beaten means that she's actually gonna get a hearing here, okay? Yeah. That's why I said to Rashad, she's perfect, Dr. Richie. She is perfect for this fight. And no, the hypocrisy um, is real. And she kind of is gonna open up a Pandora's box here. I think that's the, the right way to say it because other people are gonna come up with excuses too. Only I know what's going on in my home. Only I know what's going on in my home or perhaps isn't. 
my belly protrudes a little bit. Maybe I'm carrying, I don't know. I try not to speed, I try not to speed. But if I'm pulled over, perhaps I am carrying two people, right? Mm. So this can go on and on and on, and you're right. Hypocrisy all the way. I wanted to go all the way back to those justices who decided this thing, and let's get it all done. And I too am do some child support. <laughs> there you go, from conception, right? If they have linear integrity. All right, we'll follow the case, see what happens. You never know, Sharon, you could get a judge that actually agrees with her. Now you have precedent, all right? Massive. Judicial issues can come from that. Kind of a good ending to a bad story. Let's put up the picture of two individuals that the police thought were the same person, okay? Uh, do they look the same to you? Now, the person of color here was arrested for being a white man. And he was arrested and taken to jail and actually incarcerated because they thought he was a white man. There's been an update to this story. We covered it back in January when a black man spent six days in jail. After police misidentified him for a 49 year old white man. So on the left is Mr. Shane Lee Brown. That's his name, Shane Lee Brown. And the criminal he was mistaken for on the right is Shane Neil Brown. Lee Brown, Neil Brown, one white, one black. And here are two of the defendants in the lawsuit. All right, so you got the sheriff, Joseph Lombardo on the left and the head of the Las Vegas Police Department. You have Chief Henderson Andres. So let's put up the picture, we got the pictures up. Let's go to the background. If you remember when we first reported on this 25 year old Shane Lee Brown, that's the young man that did nothing wrong, alleges that Henderson and the Las Vegas police decided to detain him for six days after mistaking him for Shane Neal Brown when he was pulled over. All right, this was January last year. The lawsuit claims the mix up began after the traffic stop in which he failed to provide a driver's license, prompting the arrest. Here's the photo from that body cam footage taken that day. Now, once again, he's not the person they're looking for. Brown was stopped because he was driving without headlights on. He let police know that he did have a suspended license and he let them know he had a warrant for a traffic ticket, but he planned to take care of it the next day. After he was pulled over, Brown established his identity by providing his name, social security number, and social security card. While performing a records check, the unknown officers confused Shane Lee Brown with a different Shane Brown, 49 year old white man who was the subject of an outstanding felony bench warrant and ownership or possession of a firearm by a prohibited person. All right. All right. So there was this record issue. At this point, Shane Lee Brown, after he filed the federal lawsuit for at least $500,000 in damages, will be awarded $25,000 from the Henderson Police Department and $65,000 from the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police. The Las Vegas Metropolitan Police said in a statement to CNN, Brown's attorney told CNN affiliate KVVU that Nevada has a statutory cap of $100,000 dollars when suing a government entity. So massively lower than what he wanted, but he does get some money out of this deal combined with the two agencies. Adrian, I thought it would have got more, but there's an issue obviously with the fact that he probably would, or at least he could have been arrested anyway. But this was excessive because naturally he was arrested for a felony rather than a simple traffic warrant. 
You know what, it just, it really shows you how the system is set up so that you cannot get justice in any form and fashion. Because the fact that there's a $100,000 statutory cap, setting that limit in place tells you that, hey, what police do that really violates your civil rights or is completely unacceptable. It means that you cannot get the full recovery of the level of degradation that you have experienced. And it, it just, it's laughable, especially after we consider at least a third of legal fees are gonna eat that up. And then let's not even talk about taxes. Who knows what that man lost by virtue of being imprisoned for six days. It just, you know, the entire system, it is not set up in any way to look out for we the people. That's right, well said. All right, we got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back, we got a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments before I go to the comments. Before I go there, let me remind everybody about the watch list. The big homie J.R. Jackson live weekdays, 12 p.m. Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific time. Watch live daily and follow at facebook.com forward slash watch list TYT. And also subscribe youtube.com forward slash watch list TYT. All right, here we go. Got a lot of comments, I'll read as many as I can. Uh, thank you, Megan Ann, we appreciate that. Um, guest says, disregard for life, I'm hoping he's with his dad now. It's very sad, isn't it? Uh, Courtney says, use a military grade ammunition and bombs on citizens, yep. Devil Dog Dragon says, they could not clear the building of any potential victims, someone needs to be arrested. I would agree, that's gross negligence. Uh, James Thompson, thank you, welcome. We got a double doser in the building, all right. You can always join the YouTube indisputable page, hit the join button, got a few variations there. We'll love to connect with you more, all right? Okay, I got something for you, I wish a Karen would. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're gonna feel right, back off! I'm gonna tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. What did you just say? What are you right now sitting out here doing? I'm minding my own business, what are you doing? I don't think you are minding your own business. Okay, what do you think I'm doing? I'm not really sure, but I'll figure it out. Okay, you figure it out. I'm probably where I live. Yeah, I yeah. live here too. Okay, so I'm probably at my house where I live. Got it. You feel good? Did you do what you needed to do? What the f are you doing right now? I'm standing outside my house, you're standing outside of my house. Why are you standing outside of your house doing what you're doing? I don't think that's any of your concern, what I'm doing. Well, you're doing something. Why don't you go back to your house and I'll be at my house. You sound like an idiot. You walked over from your house, standing in front of me at my house, yeah, trying did. to tell me I'm Absolutely, an idiot? Absolutely, I did. Okay, good job. So what are you doing? I think I'm doing none of your business. Okay, I got more video. Uh, this was a black male who had his two kids, 13 and five, they were playing Pokemon Go at the park. This Karen decided to follow him, obviously thinking he did not belong in that neighborhood. Uh, Karen realizes she's not going to win here. She embarrasses herself even more. Here it is. Bye. 
that's where she came from. She can't get out of the gate. She's like, she can't get out of the gate. Oh, God, she can't get out of the gate. Once again, the Karenicity, and this one runs deep. This is the whole show me your freedom papers thing they do when they feel as if you don't belong somewhere that they belong. Obviously, she did not belong where she was at, harassing this individual. I got names, let's put up the picture of the Karen. According to the Twitter account, the individual is named Lisa F. Smith, is one of the neighbors of the black male, let's put his picture up. His name is Joshua Miller. Mr. Miller is the founder and CEO of CNI, a video production company with multiple studios across the US and London, all right? She found the right one that night. Miller posted the encounter on his Twitter on Sunday. And by Monday afternoon, the emails and calls started rolling in. Lisa's place of employment. And she has officially removed her Facebook page, removed her name and photo from LinkedIn. Yeah, all right. Uh, the harassment was reported to the police. Miller's wife called the police at 9.09 p.m. for an officer on site, but they did not arrive until about 11, okay? Uh, they did take a statement, nothing else happened. Uh, fascinating, camera strikes again, thoughts here, Adrian. You know, it's it's really upsetting that you can't call the police to necessarily aid you when you are being harassed by a white person because you are black and just living your life. In part because your phone's probably tied up because you're filming, but also because you never know when the police will show up and they will instinctively believe that you are the aggressor or that you are the one causing the problem. But the reality is, and especially in this situation, that woman was harassing him. She was also trespassing. She was committing a number of um, crimes essentially for which she needs to be held accountable so she doesn't do it again because it does it's it's very very disheartening it's denigrating it really eats away at your humanity and yet these individuals continue to get away with it and I'm happy she's facing some public pressure I don't necessarily know what's going on with her employment but people need to get the message and however they get it that they cannot be out here regulating black bodies I'm yep. sorry it's just it's 2022 that stuff is it's not acceptable so I hope she faces real consequences yeah we'll see well some consequences have already happened you know what the court of law cannot do sometimes you can do justice in the court of public opinion I got something for you, double dose. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're gonna feel free, back off! I'm gonna tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. My name's Lloyd Crawford, what's your name? Put the phone down, what is your name? I'm not telling you. You're not telling me what your name is, you're sitting here in Germantown, Tennessee. That's right. Are you from Germantown? East Memphis. Uh, you're not from Germantown? No. Okay, but you're sitting here in my town promoting your violence. Have you been drinking? No, I haven't. Smells kind of like you've been drinking. Well, I tell you what, pal, you give me a call. I would like you out of my town. Wait. There we go. Thanks, Lloyd. Drive safe. Don't get a DUI. Give me a call. Listen, Mel Karen, there's a better way to ask for a date. All right. Look at this walk. 
Well, I tell you what, pal. You give me a call. I would like you out of my town. Wait. There we go. Thanks, Lloyd. Drive safe. Don't get a DUI. Yeah, he's intoxicated. All right, here's the thing. He actually gave his name, he gave his information. This was because the person recording had the audacity to wear, dare I say it, a Black Lives Matter shirt or hold up a sign that says BLM. This is problematic. This is going to destroy Germantown, Tennessee. Okay, we got the information. Let's put his picture up for a mass here. Now, Lloyd, now, now wait a minute now. He provided his card. According to his business card, his name is Lloyd Crawford. He works for a financial consulting group. Well, good for you, Lloyd. Lloyd did an interview with the local news station after this happened and said that he, in fact, is not racist at all because he never mentioned race one time. He is not racist. Lloyd also said he was simply attempting to engage in thoughtful dialogue. That was all. Lloyd mentioned as well that he was afraid based on what the media said that anyone who supports Black Lives Matter would start to destroy his community. And he was defending Germantown. Okay, Adrian, there it is, thoughts here. You know what, if they nicknamed him Lloyd the Liar, I would not be surprised. This man does not take accountability for any of his behavior. Also, it's like he thinks we're dumb enough to believe these things that he is letting run amok out his mouth, as opposed to him just taking accountability for what he did, which was engage in nonsense because it seems that, at least in my opinion, there is some definite racism going on there. And it's interesting because you look at the demographics in Germantown and you see it's 90% white. Yeah, 2% African American. So I'm guessing that Lloyd did not want that black person in his town or any elevation of black lives or any recognition of our humanity whatsoever. And if Lloyd could finally admit that, that would be great. Yeah, you know, you can't change without acknowledgement. And it sounds like old Lloyd here is still in the dark about his own bias. Okay, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. I'll read as many as I can. Courtney says, okay, Adrian, come through skin. <laughs> That's sweet. Uh, Megan Ann, thank you for that, Megan. C. Michael Henson, thank you, C. Michael. Karen not minding her business while not believing the black man is minding his business hypocrisy at its finest. She sounds like Herschel Walker. Yeah. All right, Tracy Ravenhawk. Kind of seems like she's flirting with him in a passive aggressive way, if that's possible. You know what, I picked up on that. It was almost like she was saying, you know, what are you doing tonight? All right, uh, Pink Love Jessica, welcome to Indisputable. Thank you so much, Pink Love. Okay, um, horrific, insanely racist attack of a black female was caught on camera. Here it is. I don't know, I just want you to stand there so yeah. I can wait for it. That's it. Yeah, so well, I'm he's doing, doing whatever he can. I think you should be a little bit nicer. I think you should shut the oh, I'm not. Phone. I want. Oh. oh, you need to be nicer. You need to be nicer. I will not. You need to be nicer. Please, sir. Yes. You need to be You're black mouth. Oh, okay. No, no. You need to be nicer. No, you and you. You need to be nicer. I don't give a. Oh, you need to be 
There's more video. Here it is. I'm gonna have to fight the cops later because some. Thanks, Budge. You're arguing. You're sitting here arguing with me because I'm trying to pay for my. You racist. You again. Nobody's acting like a. What are you gonna do? 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 You're getting in my face like a. it did get physical the young lady that you saw was actually defending someone else against his aggression and rudeness he then starts calling her the n-word and then the proclamation of well no 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 that doesn't mean black it just means and he made up something to try and disconnect himself from the fact that he's racist. We know what you meant. Let's put up the picture of the victim here. This young lady is a recent high school graduate. Her name is Tamba Baba. Miss Baba plans to attend a police foundations program. The man's identity has not been released, but we do have this. Okay, there he is. Let's go back to the history of how this altercation started. Ms. Baba says, and I quote, when I entered the store, I could already hear yelling. So I knew something was not quite right. The man paying for his stuff was being a complete blank hole to the worker. He kept going at it and I kindly asked him to stop. The man, however, was not happy about me stepping in, she reported which just caused him to throw racial slurs at me the whole time of our altercation. Tamba originally thought he was attacking the clerk and she says she defended him because, and I quote, it breaks my heart that workers have to take that ish from customers all the time for no valid reason, she said. I've never felt this kind of way and I'm truly hurt that I even had to say something to begin with because everyone deserves to be treated with some kind of respect and dignity. Isn't that fascinating? This young lady, a recent high school graduate, she sees an injustice of sorts. She decides to defend the individual who's being attacked. That's called heart, that's called leadership. That's called a dynamic human being. The new information reveals that the man was actually verbally assaulting another customer. Tamba explained how the situation escalated after she stopped the recording. She said, and I quote, he wanted to get physical with me and he tried to push me. So I slapped him across his face and dragged his body to the ground where I punched him again. Tamma said, I'm all in favor that violence is not the answer, but that night it was. Words were not going through his head, so yes, I did punch him. So in other words, let's put up the picture of the white male again. 
He got his ass kicked by a recent high school graduate who happens to be a girl. That's what happened to him, all right? I wish I had the recording, I do not. Now, the irony is that while she did get physical with him because of his aggression toward her, it's called self-defense, all right? You anticipated an action against you and you took appropriate action to stop it. She's reluctant to get the police involved. Uh, what followed was an altercation that ended up when Baba crashed uh, to the ground face first, chipping a tooth, scratching her face and leaving her with a bloody lip, all right? So she got, um, she was injured in that physical altercation. It's unclear whether justice will be served and here's why. Uh, the man left, she said, and police were called. When the officers got there around 8 p.m., they cautioned her that she could end up being charged with a crime because she got physical first, according to Miss Baba. They suggested she might just want to drop this and move on. Isn't that something? I thought the police would be well aware, Ms. Lawrence, that if somebody is aggressively approaching you, you have the right at that point of self-defense. You don't have to wait for the physical attack in order to stop what you have interpreted as one pending. So tell me why I'm wrong here, uh, attorney. No, you're not wrong at all. The fact is that we are entitled to self-defense. And if you perceive a threat to your safety or the safety of another, you are entitled to engage in defense to protect yourself. And it seems that this gentleman was approaching her in a very hostile way and did put her in fear for her safety. So her response was appropriate. I think the officers do not want her to move forward because it likely would mean charges being pressed against him. Because in his charging toward her, that is constituting an assault. And while I do not know Canadian law, I would like to assume that that's a very basic principle that's universally held. And it really just shows you again that the system, no matter where that line is in terms of the border, it's not out here protecting black people and particularly black women. And also to see that that black woman had interjected herself in that situation to protect another, to stand up for someone. It just reminds me time and time again, how we are willing to use our voices. We are willing to stand up and to speak up, yet who is out there protecting us? That's right, that's right. Uh, I, I say this often, you and I talk about it. Uh, black women are not supported or protected enough in this country or beyond, but we protect them here at Indisputable. Um, I'm very proud of this young lady, and I do hope she reconsiders filing those charges. Hi, I'm at Walgreens. These guys are calling me here. This is a Karen we highlighted a few weeks ago. 
We did not have this part of the video, but I would tell you that it had, let's say, a good ending. Here it is. Under us battery. I didn't do any battery. No, when you spit on people, that's battery. No, I did not. Listen, he verbally abused me. Well, that doesn't give you the right to spit on him. Guess what? You verbally abused me as soon as I got here. That I spit on you? You're in arrest for battery. No, yep, definitely doing that. Yeah, they're handcuffs. They're not for comfort. Let's go. Unbelievable. Well, I'll get a good attorney. God bless you. Yep, God bless me. God, because I'm a Christian. Christians don't talk like you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But you I apologize. I'm not a racist. I have friends that are Muslim. No, okay, so those those same Muslims that you were talking to just decided your fate and they elected to not prosecute. God bless you. Yeah, God bless them. Because if it was up to me, you'd be going to jail. Yeah. Well you need to look that up. And I go to Calvary Chapel. You need to that's concerning. Yeah, very concerned. Yeah, we'll talk to Pastor Doug. I, I will, actually. Right. I will talk to Pastor Doug and let her know how you on feel about Sunday. different religions. Sure. Okay, for sure. Okay, yeah. 11 Pastor Doug is obviously a horrible pastor. This is his parishioner. Uh, in addition to that, the officer, very appropriate in his response, said, yeah, you're going to jail. Uh, these are handcuffs, not meant for comfort. Uh, privilege has been checked. Now, this individual, the Karen here, uh, she said that she is in fact a Christian. How dare they treat her like this? She goes to the local tabernacle, church, whatever. I'm a Christian, I'm white, I'm a woman who happens to support Trump. But she didn't say that, but I guarantee you she supports Donald Trump. All right, here's the thing. Uh, I do have a, a bone to pick with the very nice people uh, that she decided to assault. Um, I get it, you all are decent individuals. You all are better than this person will ever be. But I need you to do me a favor. I need you to press charges next time. Her ass should have went to jail, okay? And I say that because we need to fight this as a community of anti-Karens. I need anti-Karens, listen to me and hear me clearly here. If we're ever going to defeat this epidemic, anti-Karens have to press charges every damn time. All right, Ben, am I wrong here? <laughs> um, I I have a hard time disagreeing with you. Like now, to be honest, like I consider myself like a police abolitionist and a prison abolitionist, but that's the system that we got right now, and we all know who it's being used against and who it's not being used against, right? So there's a pretty stark imbalance there, and uh, you know, <laughs> uh, but all that aside, I think there's like there's like a history lesson to learn from this, and that is that Americans have never really given up the sort of culture of colonialism. Because she shows up in their place of work, decides it's appropriate to spit on people, call people names, literally like she said that they weren't human, right? So dehumanizing people, bringing violence, making trying to say that everything should be organized around her. And then turning around saying, "Oh, but I'm a good Christian. I'm a, this is all fine because I'm a good Christian, right? And like that is like like just peak colonial mindset. And it's something that's kind of been embedded in our culture for a very long time. And the reason why I think it's important to call it what it is, is because if we don't recognize it for the roots that it is, if we don't recognize that this is something that's pervasive throughout American culture today, right? And specifically like white American culture today, then we can't really deal with it, right? These aren't isolated instances, they didn't come out of nowhere. And we really just need to recognize that fact. Yeah, and I know 
Uh, some people are, you know, they don't want to really punish someone. They don't want to press charges. You know, do it for me. If you don't do it for yourself, do it for me. Okay. All right. Arizona, the Arizona governor has signed a law. No longer will teachers be required to have a college degree. Let's put up his picture full mass. Yeah, they thought this was a good idea. Okay. Let's get into the insanity here. So that's your governor. His name is Doug Ducey, right? The education requirement for teachers in Arizona has now changed because of the legislature and the governor. Under legislation, Governor Ducey signed earlier this week, a person only needs to be enrolled to get their college degree to begin teaching in public schools. That's a big change and it's been met with mixed reaction. Now, I've served as a high school teacher before I became a professor. Here's the reality. They're trying to solve a problem by not solving a problem. What's the problem? The challenge is the recruitment of qualified educators and then the retention of those educators. You have massive turnaround in education. Why? I'm gonna get into that. But this new change is called Senate Bill 1159 was a stretch according to an educator. The situation he said, and I quote, the situation will be even worse if you're dealing with either younger people or even less well-educated people, Larson said. The Arizona Educators Association or AEA fought the legislation. You have to have some experience. It's going to allow people to do on the job training and that's where it's scary, said Ms. Garcia, the president of AEA, all right? So let me go to the actual data. What do you think would cause in uh, increased recruitment and retention of educators in public education? Oh, you pay them more money. That's it. The National Education Association data shows that Arizona, Arizona teachers are still paid well below other college graduates in the state. Citing a report from the Economic Policy Institute, Arizona public teachers make about 68 cent to every dollar earned by other workers with comparable degrees and credentials that were needed. That's according to Larson. Okay, now another report showed that when you increase teacher pay comparable to other industries with the same educational and credential requirement, you increase your recruitment by 23% and enhance your retention by 40%. That's what they're trying to avoid by now lowering the bar for the prerequisites for the educator. That doesn't make sense to me. All right, Lawrence, thoughts on this? You know, it speaks volumes to how our nation is treating education. The fact is that yeah. they do not want these future generations to be educated because they want a bunch of followers and workers who are not going to push back because the system we have in place does not serve their needs. It does not represent we the people. Instead, it continues to uplift the 1% and to fill their coffers. And this move in Arizona is just further indication of that. By not having individuals who have the requisite degrees to educate and to teach, what you're gonna end up having is short shortcomings when it comes to the education and the knowledge base of these young people. And it is truly, truly disheartening, especially because those who can't afford to go to private school will end up with the knowledge to know better and be able to lead. But of course, they're probably gonna end up leading in directions again that serve that 1%.
Very well said. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Let me read a few of these remarkable comments. Uh, let me remind everyone about uh, the podcast. So you can always catch up on a full episode of Indisputable by listening to us as a podcast. Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. iHeart is included in that, okay? All right, um, YouTube, Rose Rosie says the men needed to step up for her. That's right, they should have. Candace DeLeo, uh, he won't do that with a man. He sure would not, absolutely not. Uh, Amy Davis, pay educators what they are worth. That's right, Gucci Mane, watch priests start teaching at public schools. Yeah. See Michael Henson, thank you again. Somebody tell Arizona that we already have too many incompetent public servants and police and policing or policing and teaching. Don't add more. Yeah. Just pay the people, governor. That's what you do. You pay the people, give them benefits, incentivize them, recruit. All right. That's called the hard work of government. You signed up for the job. All right. I have an update. I have an update on Jacob Blake Sr., who was beaten by the cops so bad, they beat the man into a seizure. Let's put up a picture of Jacob Blake Sr. Okay, you know what he does now because of the tragedy of what happened to Jacob Blake Jr. You know what he does? He travels around the country. Jacob Blake Sr. travels around the country to help other families who have experienced the corruption and the violence of police. There have been many updates over the aftermath of the Akron protest. Jacob Blake Sr. has officially been released from the ER. After he sustained injuries caused by the local police department, they were at a protest to protest what? Police brutality. Last week, Michael Harris's injuries were also made public. Now remember, they are there protesting police brutality. Mr. Walker, we have multiple witnesses who saw this event, who said that the police were in fact out of line. Let me remind you of their aggression against the protester. That's Jacob Blake Sr. That's Jacob Blake Sr. You know who that is, right? Okay, I'm going. I'm pressing you, dumb bitch. I'm pressing you. That's Jacob Blake Sr. right there. That's Jacob Blake Sr. That's Jacob Blake Sr. So sad. We reported yesterday 
about a protester right there who was handcuffed and still punched in the face. We have a picture now of him and his injuries. The aggression the police showed to this young man, whose name is Michael Harris, is criminal in my opinion. He was restrained when they punched him. The Akron police were not wanting people to damage property. They said these individuals, including Mr. Blake Sr., were uncooperative. All right. Uh, Mr. Blake Sr. was released uh, from the hospital. He's ready to talk about what happened. He said, and I quote, they beat me into a seizure. That's what Mr. Blake Sr. said. A video posted to Twitter shows Blake Sr. telling the gathered crowd on Saturday, I don't know what happened next. When I woke up next, I woke up more determined than ever, Blake continued. While not jailed, there is still a warrant out for Blake's arrest. Ironically enough, what are they looking for him for? According to the local police, rioting, resisting arrest, failing to disperse and disorderly conduct. I told you from day one, it's a bunch of BS charges. It's so BS that the police did not even bother to execute the warrant. All right, there's more. Blake Sr.'s brother told Madison, com. He believes the charges were ridiculous. They were there to unite the community and family and get justice before they were attacked. He was not resisting arrest, he continued. He was leaning on the fence for a respite. He's handicapped. Viewers can see that Blake Sr., a plus size man, is winded and appears to be having trouble breathing as he is detained before being slammed on. Bianca Austin's car. In response to the actions we've seen from the police, let's go to the misinformation master, Steve Milet. That's your misinformation minister, also known as the chief of police. During an interview, the chief told News 5 that one of his officers is being falsely accused. Just one of them, of taking part in the shooting death of Jalen Walker, according to Milet, the officer who has not been has not been named, was only on the scene to write a report of the incident and did not take part in the shooting. So he's going out of his way to clear that up. Chief Milet also said a second is being falsely accused of punching a protester during a rally against police brutality after Jalen Walker's death. After our press conference where an individual was punched in the face, he said, He's accused of being the one who punched the person in the face. He didn't, that's not him. Well, chief, okay, well, here's how you clear that up, buddy. How about you tell us who it is? You see how that works? Okay, Uh, Mila says the misinformation spread is taking its toll on his officers. Whoa, are the cops, I mean, the police just cannot get a fair shake here when they decide to kill unarmed black people. They are encouraging people to do uh, to go to these officers' homes and hurt the officers and their families, he said. Both are accused of doing things they didn't do. This has caused a reaction in their personal lives and is impacting everybody in this police department. If the false accusations and doxing of personal information continue, Miley fears many of his officers will resign. Don't threaten me with good news, sir. The officers need to go. They're corrupt to the core, so are you. Now, while you hopped your happy ass on local news to defend your cops, 
You did not talk about the corruption you are aware of, the internal investigations that are currently happening. The fact that your department is under review or the sustained accusations of actual corruption in your policing agency or the victims of the cops under your command or the reality that too many unarmed black people are being killed in your region. No, you just wanted to go on the news and defend killers. If the goal is to have police officers start resigning in mass to where we don't have police departments anymore, Milan told Milet told News 5, the consequence of the mass resignations, which I'm concerned about, is that nobody's going to be there to respond to 911 calls. Well, that's fascinating, isn't it? You see, this is their veiled threat, by the way. What they want you to believe is that if you keep criticizing the police, if you keep holding cops accountable, maybe we'll stop doing our jobs. Maybe we'll resign. See, that is supposed to scare you until you look at the data. Less than 1% of crimes are actually solved by the police, all right? The biggest region is 11%. They do not stop crime, they react to it. Public safety is a multifaceted dynamic. Policing is simply one linear dynamic. All right, uh, attorney, what are your thoughts on this? Well, what also seems kind of linear to me is that this is clearly retaliation. The yeah. attacks that they are taking on um, Blake Sr. as well as Breonna Taylor's aunt and anyone who exercises their First Amendment right to call attention to the fact that you have law enforcement being able to murder unarmed black people without any kind of repercussion whatsoever or without any kind of meaningful change. And so to know that this warrant is still outstanding for this man, Blake Sr. really tells me that they're just looking for another opportunity to harass him and hit him with all sorts of charges that are absolutely nonsensical as a subtle way to let him know that we are going to continue to put you in the spotlight and to put you in uncomfortable positions and to possibly beat you and to mistreat you as long as you continue to oppose their probably assumed right to kill black people. Yeah, all right, there's another law signed. Once again, Arizona governor, it is now illegal to record cops. I'm going to give you the background. Let's put up the picture of the individuals who led this charge. People will no longer be allowed to take close range recordings of the Arizona police under the new law signed by the governor, Doug Ducey. Also was sponsored by the other guy, the one on the left, his name is John Kavanaugh, right? House Bill 2319, House Bill 2319, that law now makes it illegal for anyone within eight feet of law enforcement to actively record the police. Violators could face a misdemeanor, but only after being verbally warned and continuing to record anyway. House Bill 2319 will make it a petty offense punishable with a fine for anyone found in violation of the potential law. However, offenders risk facing a misdemeanor charge if they fail to follow an officer's verbal warnings or have previously been convicted of violating the law. Well, here's what's interesting. And I know some people are going to say, well, doc, I mean, eight feet, you gotta give people room here. You gotta give the cops room to investigate because cops like to say, "Oh, you're, you're interfering with my investigation. Here's why this new law is problematic. The wording of the law 
does not provide any context or guidance if the officer is walking toward you. So let's say you are more than eight feet away. Let's say you are recording. The officer starts walking to you. The officer walks toward you and now all of a sudden you're recording a cop closer than eight feet. The cop then charges you with a misdemeanor, seizes your phone, silences your story, loses your phone and evidence. You have to make bail. You're out 25 hours later, you have no cell phone. Do you see the problem? There's more. Exceptions were made for people at the center of an altercation with the police. Anyone standing in, a, in an enclosed structure on private property where police activity was occurring and occupants of a vehicle stopped by the police as long as the recording in those instances did not interfere with police actions. It goes into effect on September 24th. Now remember, once again, they have written something in the law to say you can record if you're inside of a vehicle as long as that recording does not does not interfere with police actions. When does a recording interfere with police actions? Who determines if the recording is interfering with police actions? Oh, the police do according to the law. There's more, bystander videos of police have become increasingly common and at times expose police misconduct. It was instrumental in the case against former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin, who was filmed killing, murdering George Floyd and was ultimately convicted. Now remember, they didn't have that video. All those cops that engaged in the murder of George Floyd would still be cops right now, killing more people. Adrian, thoughts on this? I definitely think that bystander video evidence is so incredibly important so that we know what's going on. Because there are so many municipal departments, cities, states that will put in, they'll put in the work, they'll put in the effort so that we never get to see the body cam footage. In fact, under Arizona law in Tempe, Lake Havasu, several other cities, they say that officer worn body camera footage, it's number one gonna be redacted, but also that the entire video will be blurred to comply with privacy acts. So what we realize is that we're not going to get the video unless someone else who's a bystander presents it to us. And another thing we wanna be mindful of when it comes to Arizona is that according to the Southern Poverty Law Center, Arizona has 42 anti-government and domestic terrorist hate groups. That's a lot. It's definitely known in Phoenix as well. It's a global headquarters for the Aryan Nations Knights of the Ku Klux Klan. And so you have a lot of hate groups operating within Arizona. You can't tell me that they are also not working in conjunction with law enforcement. And so if you do not have oversight with bystander footage, you are not going to have any semblance of accountability or in any way be able to hold these people to task for what they are doing, which is violating individuals civil rights. Well said, all right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back, we got a lot of show left, okay. A young black male, a black teenager, saved the lives of other people and a cop. A police officer saved their lives from drowning. Uh, let's put this picture up full mass here. Mississippi teenager, his name is Corian Evans. Watch from his car as three teenage girls drove down a boat ramp. Now remember, he's only 16. He watched them drive into the river. In southern Mississippi, the girl who was driving later told authorities that the GPS malfunctioned and that she did not realize it was leading her 
and other girls into the water as the car started to sink. The three escaped and climbed on top of the car. So here comes the young Mr. Corian Evans, 16 years of age. Evans said he took off running toward the river. And when he got there, he saw them in the water shouting, help me, help me. So what did he do? He took off his shirt, he took off his shoes, he threw down his cell phone and he jumped into that water. The young Mr. Evans helped get all three girls to shore. As well as a Moss Point police officer who had responded to the scene, but got pulled under water during the rescue effort. The man saved three girls and the police. Cora Watson and officer Gary Mercer were among those Evans saved. If I inhale one more bit of water, I'm going to die, Watson said. Like I just knew I was, I knew my last breath was coming. When I tell you right before my last dying breath underwater, that was gone by my last time underwater. Corian had grabbed me, Watson said, sobbing. Following the incident, the mayor and the Moss Point Police Department in Mississippi gave Evans and Mercer a certificate of commendation, right? Wow. Fascinating, put up the picture of the young hero again, okay? Um, this is an amazing story of, his, of an amazing young man who saw a problem and it was instinctive for him to help. Very proud of you, you have greatness written all over you, I'm thankful for you saving the lives of other human beings. You know what Mr. Evans doesn't have? He doesn't have any police training. He had no gun, he had no backup, he had no combat gear. He had heart and he cared about humans and he saved lives. All right, Adrian, thoughts on this? You know, it's just bravo to this young man. I would like to think that a number of people in our society are like that, where they would rush to the aid of another. I don't necessarily know that that's the case, but I don't think we can take away from this person what they brought to the table in terms of the self-sacrifice that went in to their willingness to go into that water and to pull those lives out and help save them. And so I just truly do hope that individuals out there consider whether they themselves have that gumption. And if not, if they could work on mustering that courage, because we all need to be out there supporting each other. Yeah, agreed 100%. And the reason why these stories are important, especially when you have a platform to tell them, is because it disrupts the intentional negative narrative about young black men. There's an intentional narrative that says young black men are heartless, cold, and criminal, antithetical to the actual data, by the way. But people will believe those um, tropes without, um, without checking them. And Adrian, if you remember, when Donald Trump was in office, he literally retweeted lies about black people. And remember, by the time somebody fact checked it, it had been retweeted thousands of times and people were believing it. Yes. Uh, and, and Trump never corrected the record on it. Nope. So many of these people, their entire existence hinges on an us them narrative and the thought that black people are bad in some way. 
And so if there's anything that actually counters that point or establishes actual facts, they don't want to hear it. Yeah, that's it. All right, you know, this was really interesting. Alex Jones has threatened, he threatened on live TV to cut off his finger for the sake of his viewers. And the league got to direct me so that I can continue this operation because we have been given nothing but success, nothing but victory. It has been spectacular. And you, the viewers and listeners, you did this. And that's why when I salute you, I'm not into self-harming, but I just archetypally want to take this dagger and just cut a finger off right on air to show you how much I appreciate you and what you've done. Because giving up a finger to beat these people is nothing. You have changed the world. You have stood up against evil. You have turned the tide. And I salute you and I thank you. And You've got that from the very bottom of my heart. You've got my full commitment because you need to know in the universe there are real people. You need to know in the universe there's people like you who aren't evil, who don't serve Satan. That's why they all day say I'm an actor, all day say I'm a fake, all day say I'm a fraud with no evidence because they know I didn't sell out to them. Now, damn it, I refuse to be upstaged by a man who believes aliens live in Middle Earth. So here's what I'm going to do to show you that I love you. I love my viewers. I'm gonna do something on there to show you that I love you, okay? All right, you see this? This is kale salad. Do you understand me? From the local vegan store, All right? I'm gonna do it, Adrian, because I love my viewers, okay? All right. That is not, that's not sacrifice. That it, That is not it. No, it is not. That is oh not a way God, you honor people. <laughs> it is nasty, don't get me wrong, but it is, you ain't doing nothing to the benefit of others. You're doing this for the benefit of you because now your system will be more grateful. And that's a beautiful thing. Now, yeah, go ahead, make sure you chew it on up. Don't don't Ooh. spit it out, it's all, it's all for I'm you. I'm gonna have to get some water. <laughs> I didn't plan that all the way out, Adrian. <laughs> okay, all right. That was rough, all right? But you can't say that I don't love you, okay? For a man to do something like that. It's quite interesting, uh, <laughs> Alex Jones said that people say he's a fake and phony and they have no evidence that he is, right? It's just weird how he provides the context for him not being a, an actor uh, because there's no evidence that he is. But Alex Jones for a very long time has been making a lot of impact in right leaning circles because he has agreed with the most extreme conspiracy theories. And if you remember early in Trump's presidency, Alex Jones was allowed to the White House. Yeah, Alex Jones. All right, uh, charlatans continue, Adrian Lawrence. The charlatans will always be among us. At least Alex Jones is getting more dramatic because people are getting hip to the game here. Do you not agree? 
No, I absolutely agree. And individuals like him hold a lot of power. They wield considerable power and influence because people aren't necessarily, you know, developing those analytical skills. Plus, you know, people come from a fearful place at times. And when you lay the groundwork for propaganda, there's, you know, you're making it easier for it to be able to seep into individuals' mindsets. The thing that hits me with Alex Jones is that. It's like, you know, he's saying he's not an actor, yet he's engaging in these theatrics about cutting off his finger. It's like if you wanted to drop a few pounds or ounces, you can cut out your tongue. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of that. I support it. If anything, that's a real way to show it. Just shut it down so that you can't speak because that would be that would truly be a sign. So I'd like to challenge Alex Jones to taking that next step because I'm sure so many of us would appreciate it. Yeah, you know, Alex is an interesting fella. Uh, but the, the reality is, Adrian, he's also dangerous because he animates individuals who believe. I don't even know if Alex Jones really believes what he says. Um, his ex-wife came out a couple of years ago and said, listen, you know, the, the guy's kind of mentally ill and he really needs help. So I don't know if he really believes all of the conspiracies he puts out. That's not as important as the fact that there are many who do and he's aware of that. Uh, so he utilizes that kind of blind trust to sell a bunch of stuff. And then he utilizes that blind trust to animate people against other people. He has done this with um, families, with victims of police brutality, uh, with political leaders he disagrees with. So when we look at the atmosphere of Trump, Trump did not create the atmosphere of violence in America or political violence in America. Remember this. But this came before Trump. Trump simply did it at the presidential level. But Trump is an expression of this stuff. Um, what are your thoughts on that? No, without a doubt. You know, I think that there are so many people out there who are looking for some uh, some kind of sign, some kind of guidance. And you have this hungry population that doesn't have, again, the analytical skills, the knowledge base, and you have fertile ground for propaganda. And so, when you lead people toward these conspiracy theories, you're going to end up with a segment of our populace who rejects science, who is no longer even engaged in a logical form of thought. And that is very scary because these people are in various ends of our communities and they are members of our family and losing the segment of our society. It's very scary, very, very scary. He's a dangerous man. There he is. All right, um, thank you as always, Attorney Adrian Lawrence. Tell people how they can follow you and check out your great work. Uh, you can check me out on Instagram at Adrian Lawrence, on Twitter at Adrian Law, and you can always catch my segment Overruled on Rebel Headquarters, which is on YouTube and Facebook. Thanks for all you do, my friend. Always a pleasure. All right, uh, re remember, deep dive is next. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.